Live from the Summit in Scottsdale, Arizona, the Gore presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Bill Puma and John Fye. Today's topic, mail call and visit your way to more leads for realtors. I guess we're ready. All right, make sure we get in tight. Don't be sitting at a table alone. We're going to be doing some table work. Before we get started, how was up here? I was up here and John By. We were trying to figure out who's the tallest. <laughs> if you vote for how, who's voting for how? Raise your hand. Uh, <laughs> how about me? What? Not even one? Is John seriously the tallest out of all of us? All right. Yes. All right. It's, I, I thought it was a hair. I think, I think he's got lifts in those shoes. Do. I don't know what he's got going on there. All right. So we're going to talk about mail, call, and visit. You guys are all here for that class? Everyone here for that right class? All right. We're all good. Perfect. All right. So when I first started in real estate, I did zero mail, call, visit. I was totally cold ad business. I just felt that these buyers and sellers are ready now. They raised their hand. They inquired online. Um, they're ready to go. Why would I keep in touch with my previous clients? I took care of them. I did such a great job. Whenever that time is, five, seven, ten years down the road, I just assumed and I took them for granted that they would call me back, right? Right? How many of you guys out there take your previous clients for granted, right? I'm not the only one. Good. All right. Since the core, obviously, I've changed that. Prior to the core, I was 25% warm referred business. I'm now at 81% referred business. It's totally changed. Obviously, I'm not where I want it to be. That needs to be even better. And with that results, I went from 10 million to 123 million. So it obviously changed my volume, changed everything. Obviously, it's so much more fun dealing with previous clients. I'll tell you right now, those cold buyers and sellers were not fun to work with. It's totally changed where I'm at. Um, I think the biggest difference between John and I, I'm kind of more fly by the seat of my pants. I love to just talk to people and I'll figure it out as I'm talking to them. John is so much more organized, so much more processed. I've coached John and he is a rock star at process. So he's going to, he's probably going to talk more about scripting and how he does it where I kind of just like to have conversations, have more conversations, keep in touch with our clients. And that's kind of how I roll. John. Yes, Phil. Thank you so much. This is the first time I've actually talked in this, on this big stage. Before. <laughs> I'm honored to be here with Phil. He's no stranger to it, but this is super fun. Um, so it's great coaching with Phil because it's just easy to play, you know, second fiddle to him because he just does everything so good. I remember when I went to the first site visit, I was just blown away and, you know, like all of us just trying to like implement a bazillion things. And But coming back to just the basics of what we're doing on our class today are really the fundamentals of how we grow our business in this program. So we're just going to keep it super simple. We're going to give you some great tactics. So what I want to see at the end of the day is the takeaways that you all are going to be working on is you got to have the list, you got to have a plan, and then you have to execute. So that's what we're going to be going over. And Phil is going to get us started off with talking about the evidence of success piece of what we do. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the letter from the heart. And how we want this to go is if you have questions, like raise your hand if it's pertaining to what we're talking about. At the end, though, we're going to make sure that we leave, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes to make sure that we can get everybody's questions answered because the goal of this class is for you to be able to walk away and be able to implement stuff right away. And also, hopefully we do a really good job and we can earn a great score. Cool? All right. Phil? It's going to be a total interactive class. Um, obviously, I think it's being recorded. It might even be live. So I think make it's live. Sure, make sure you wait for, your, make, wait for the mic if you do have a question, all right? So before we talk about 
the evidence success, letter of the heart, you have to have your list together. If you don't have a list, you don't even know who to send it to, who to call, what to do. So first things first. If you don't have a list, get started with the list. And if you have a list, I'm going to tell you right now, my list changes every day. You have to update it. You have to have it ready every day. I mean, you will never have that same list that you had last year. People are going to come and go, and we're going to need to make sure we're adding people and attracting them. So VIPs is your first thing. I know everyone gets so stressed about 50. How am I going to get 50? You don't need to start with 50. Start with 10. All right? Don't look at the big number. Eventually, you'll have more than 50. I have more than 50. But start with 10. I know if you're just starting out, don't think you need 50. I would rather have the list quality than quantity. Don't have 100 that's going to send you zero. I'd rather have 10 that send you 10. Right? So have a quality of list. All right? For me, I like to work builders. So a lot of builders are on my VIP list. All right? I got a bunch of really cool, fun workout buddies that are on my VIP list. All right? I coach lacrosse like Jim does. So I have a lot of um, lacrosse parents that are on there, other lacrosse coaches. All right? People that know you, like you, refer you out. Kendra's back there. She's on my list. Rick's obviously on my list. People that are going to know you refer you out. Um, I have a lot of recruiters that are on my list. Obviously, they're getting people to come to town. So recruiters are on my list. Financial planners. Right? Other business people. And it doesn't need to be a business person. If it's somebody that is one of these outgoing people that you know is always going to be the life of the party and will tell everyone about you, they need to be on your list. Right? My mom is on my list. My mom's one of my biggest referring partners. Like she tells everyone, everyone about me. All right? She'll track everyone down. All right, so she's on my list. I mean, make sure you have, have family members on your list. The list needs to be super tight, all right? The next list you need to have is your 50 favorite previous clients. Again, my list is a little bit bigger. If you don't have 50, if you're just starting on the business, just start with what you have. All right, you need to have that list together. Because if you don't have the list together, there's no way that you're going to be prepared to reach out to them, to call them, mail to them, and handle all that stuff. So your previous clients have those on the list. I mean, and there's some previous clients that aren't on my list, obviously, and on any list. There's one of those people that you just, you know, you're not going to do business with them again. All right? Um, make sure you have your previous client list. Again, I have a builder list, too, which I obviously do some different stuff, too, so I have my builder list. Um, any other tidbits, John, on your VIP list, previous client list? Yes. So raise your hand here if you want to be a better son, a better husband, a better brother or sister, a uh, better friend, right? Okay. This has been huge, huge game changer for me. And um, we get so busy every day. And what we do is we kind of drop the ball on our personal side of things. So a couple years ago, I started to have uh, my assistant work in all of my nieces and nephews' birthdays, all of my family's birthdays, send my mom, my grandmother flowers on their birthdays. Like, I am crushing it when it comes to that side of the coin, which I was terrible at, so bad. So utilize, like, it's okay to have a plan to be a good person. It's okay to put your mom's birthday in your calendar so you don't forget, right? So I think that's where we tend to f focus just on the business side of this is, like, a really important thing. But utilize it as a tool to be a better person. Uh, I think that's a huge piece that we miss. We always look at it as we're trying to impress somebody to get that opportunity to work with them, but we're not looking at it as I want to utilize this opportunity that I have to be a better 
better person. So that's what I would be, it would be a big, was a huge takeaway. I think that's huge. I just wrote that down. I think we just take so many people for granted in our life. And I think it's the people that are closest to us. I think it's our family, right? Our immediate family, our extended family and our teams, right? Your teams need to be on your, on your VIP list, right? We expect them to get CCRs. We expect them to refer to the database. So your teams have to be on your list too. So once you've got these lists tight, make sure they're categorized properly. Who are you going to send the EOS to? Who are you going to send the letter of heart? You know, who are you going to invite to happy hours? You have to have that list together um, and organized, right? So I'm going to start with the EOS. I literally put everyone I meet on my evidence of success. Everyone I meet, if I have their address, they will go on the evidence of success. Everyone I meet, business people, someone I want to. And that's our time. The evidence of success is the time for you to flex your muscles and tell everyone how great you are. All right? Tell everyone how great you are, that you're the superhuman realtor, the best in the world. You're going to tell them. And on the evidence of success, you're going to say something you did great. I sold this in X amount of hours. I sold this with multiple offers. I sold it for 50000 over appraised value. I got my buyer into this house with multiple offers. I got them to sell their house and buy one and got the timing perfect. Whatever that story might be, it needs to be on there. I always also add client testimonials. I have client testimonials on the back. So you're saying something great about you, but then clients saying something about you. So it's your time to really tell people how great you are. All right. That's the evidence of success. There's, to me, I would put everyone on it. John's going to talk a little bit more about the letter of the heart. And, you know, for me, letter of the heart is just kind of more personal, more that you are a real person and not just that superhuman realtor. All right. So John's going to talk a little bit about the letter of the heart. So a big takeaway on the evidence of success that I feel like, man, I'm not even doing this. How am I not doing this? So when you talk about adding the, um, the review on there, right, the client testimonial. Yeah. Why am I not doing that? That seems ridiculous. Who's not doing that? Okay. All right. Cool. It's not just me. <laughs> you're not so, the only, okay. not the only not one. The only one. <laughs> so that's a super small. You're already doing it. You should have lots of these. It should be very important for you to go out and get the reviews. So number one is you got to put them on the back. I'm really big on the evidence of success piece. I'm all about staying power. So I think it's very important to have evidence of obviously that you're doing a great job. Um, but I love to have stuff that stays around. So I'm like a huge fan of like sports schedules, weights and measures, um, anything that they wouldn't want to throw away. I'm looking for the stuff that they want to stick on the refrigerator. So you can do a combination, but the biggest part, like for me, it's like you can still have the evidence of success and then maybe on the back you have something that sticks around or vice versa. Um, because if you can get on the refrigerator, you're winning. Like, he is so true. I have one of his on my refrigerator. Like, it's how, like, you gallons to liters. To, yeah, I have no idea how to do all that math, right? but it's on there and it's on my fridge. All right? It's on my fridge. Yeah. And it's yours. I, uh, there, you should do that. I, I should. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> so everybody should do that. If you get one huge takeaway on something to send, is send the weights and measures. It sounds so silly. But I don't know how to do it either. I don't even cook, right? So, but still, it's very important. People have these questions. Jeremy Forcier. <laughs> Thank you, Hal. Um, so, first question I have is that within your evidence of success, um, when you say anyone, you mean literally anyone you meet that you get their email and or home address. Home address, yep. Home address, great. So, mail. And what is the frequency that you're sending out your evidence of success, and how big is that database for you, respectively? Yeah, that's a great question. So I send, I send it out monthly. So evidence of success monthly. 
monthly. And my team takes care of it all. I mean, literally, they pick out, you know, if they have a question, they might ask me, but they're going to pick out what's, what it's going to say on there. Um, the list is already done, um, and they just get it sent out. I mean, we have a third-party company. I'm not sure the name of it, but a third-party company that mails it, sends it out. But I send that out monthly. And I, I, mine is about 3,500 or so in that range. Um, so that's like everyone. That's not like your VIP, just your VIP or just your premium. That's literally all the area business people, everyone that I know in Rotary, um, anyone that I have an address for that I know. Right. Mike? Um, so is this in place of farming or is this basically like a farm? It is kind of a farm. So here's the difference. Like, I mean, I look at the evidence assessment. I mean, they probably know me. A farm is just I take a specific area. Um, and mail just to that area and neighborhood. So farming, totally different. Um, that's, you know, so I do four different farms, totally different thing. Evidence success is just a list. My previous clients are on there. Everyone's on there. If I want to farm, again, it's a whole different, um, it's not like flex your muscles. It's kind of like, hey, these are all the neighborhood, these houses that sold in your neighborhood, those kind of things. It's a little, little different piece of, of mail. Yeah. So obviously Phil is much more popular than me. He has 3,500 people. We have like 1,800. So don't feel like you have to have a ton of people either. It's right. all about once you get in the process and you have the content, it doesn't matter if you got 200 or 2,000, right? Just like, start with something. You just got to start, right? Yep. And you got to get it going. So that's a huge part of it is don't worry about how big it is. The one thing that's great about evidence of success too is if you are farming, sometimes it's really easy to utilize some of those same pieces and send them to your farm if it's not like specific so for me like the weights and measures like we send it to our farm right because i'm like i want it my face on everybody's refrigerator in my neighborhood so when they run into me randomly and ask me if i'm john i get to say yes and then we talk shop and all that <laughs> stuff um, but it's because they see me all the time so it's really important i think for those pieces especially in your farm correct um, to have those so correct. I think that's cool. Anything else on EOS, or we want to talk about Letter from the Heart? No, so, man, I, think, I think EOS is good. Great question, Jeremy, on the monthly. Got, but. Uh, Jamie's got a question. Okay, so our EOS list is getting pretty big, and we're still doing the big jumbo postcards. And I think I was shocked uh, last week when my assistant told me how much it was. Who do you use? Do you remember? I don't. Like I every can... door direct or, or personal so marketing? I, every company? door direct is for farming. I know we use every door direct okay. for farming. But there is a third-party online company. I'm not sure who it is. Um, the buy postcards is about right? that big. Kendra, who is? Can you mind giving the mic, Kendra? I think I use the same company that Kendra used to use, if I remember correctly. I think she told me. It's thepersonalmarketingcompany.com. There it is. Thepersonalmarketingcompany.com is their website. See, I just copy stuff. Like Kendra coached me, I just copied what she said, and that's where we sent it out. So. Well, what was that again? ThePersonalMarketingCompany.com. Now, there is local companies that do it. I have one of my guys that is at, like, PostNet. PostNet will do it. I, mean, I think it was a difference of, like, I don't know, five cents per man. So it's not, like, huge. Um, but when you're doing 3500 it makes a big difference. I think the personal marketing company was the, um, was the least expensive for us. So for the uh, people that you meet that you don't get an address, uh, do you feel that it's appropriate to look up their address in, like, Realist or something? That's exactly what we do. Mm -hmm. okay. My team knows it. If I, if I meet someone, I give them a card. I'm like, hey, look them up in Realist, find their address, put them in there. And sometimes if they don't know, they'll try and figure it out. It's like, hey, do you know if their wife is this name or that name? And, and try and figure it out. Do they live in this county or that county? Chris, this is the only time it's okay to be a stalker. Okay, bro? After, after <laughs> of that, not okay. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> 
3,500 for the EOS, it seems like that might be small for you, for the number of people that you're sending and all the people that you're meeting. Uh Are there people that you don't put in there that you send it to? Is there people that what? That you send the EOS to, that you have their information, you just don't send it to them. You're saying you send it to everybody, but 3,500 seems small. Yeah, I mean, it's almost everyone that I have addresses for. Unless, obviously, if it it came back and they moved and they didn't use me, I'm like, they're off the list. I mean, I'm not going to keep sending it to find their new address. They've used someone else, moved out of the area. Um, Or if we can't find an address or we got to return, whatever it might be. But no, it's about around that 3,500 mark. And then do you follow up with some kind of automatic text message to see if they got your EOS? I do not do that. Do you? I do. Does it work? Yes. Cool. My question is, is your EOS permission-based? So if you're at a Rotary event, you meet a bunch of guys, you get their cards, are you getting permission or are you just, hey, I got their card, I'm going to start mailing them? No permission, just mail it. Because it almost feels like a farming that Jeremy talked to. Like those farming people, you didn't get their permission, it's just there, right? So I literally was at a um, charity golf tournament, and it was one of the vendors that was just there. I didn't even know they were on my list. I mean, literally, she's like, I get your, like, you just sold an unbelievable house, a waterfront house, and, you know, one day we went a, um, a vacation rental on the lake, and obviously got her information there. She gets my EOS, had no idea who she was, got my EOS, and then obviously we're going to go ahead and obviously reach out to them and try and obviously sell them a house, so... Um, I would just send it out, but they don't get the permission. No. One more um, question from Jeremy. Sorry, one more question. Uh, I'm an alien in here. I understand. <laughs> I have questions. I so, thought lenders weren't allowed in here. What are you doing in here? I asked <laughs> for permission. <laughs> straight up. I did. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, so um, two questions. Okay. Uh, one is, can you give some examples of like what you think is your most impactful EOSs that you've done? And number two is, do you track, like, rate of return at all as far as, like, I closed X amount of transactions from an EOS specifically? John, you got any of that? So it's very hard. So it's, um, you know, there's some things in our marketing, and especially with the evidence of success, that you kind of, it's just, you have to do it, and it's, and it's really hard because we're making calls, they're getting videos, they're getting all sorts of stuff. And it's like the layering effect of all the stuff that we do is really where the rubber starts to meet the road. And that's like really where probably it's a good segment to start talking about the letter from the heart because everybody that gets the letter from the heart also gets our evidence of success. So the more layers that we put on the amount of prospecting that we're doing to certain people, the better opportunities we're going to have for the conversion. So, but the easiest one is the EOS, and that's what we start off on at first, because I know I can get everybody in this room to do that. I can't get everybody here to do a letter from the hearts, chicken littles, or shoot <laughs> videos, right? So I know I can get you to ask somebody else to get you some content and put it in the mail, because you can be completely hands-off and make that happen. But the other two is really where it really starts to work. So let's talk about the fun one. Cool. Yeah, I don't track it either. It's impossible yeah. to track the evidence yeah. success because it goes to so many people and they're on they might be a previous client that you're reaching out to or unless they literally say it, hey, I just got this and they weren't on any of the list. Yep. Yeah. Oh. oh the impactful most impactful pieces. type pieces. You have one? So I think the biggest thing is is showing, especially it depends on the market that you're in and what's going on. Because a lot of people, um, they're still, I I would say that probably all of our markets are probably pretty hot, but there's also parts of our market that are not. So 
show off the stuff that might be challenging that you're selling because it's really easy to sell the stuff that looks really good and is really pretty and is affordable, but it's the challenging houses, maybe the one that looks a little weird or is on a bad lot or something, but, and then share those stories about how you're able to close those circles because those are really the, the, the tough ones. So in any market, you just got to make sure that they know that you can, you can help them close the circle. So I got two that did worked really well for me. One was a while back, and it's obviously not work. I mean, we don't see it now, but it was literally on with two other realtors, 756 days with the other realtors. I got it, sold it within 30 days. So that was huge. Um, one recently um, that I put out was they got an iBuyer offer, and I said we beat their iBuyer offer over one weekend, and we got them 50000 more. They gave me one weekend. I got them 50000 more than what the online iBuyer. Because um, obviously, I don't know if you guys have that in your markets. We have it in our markets. You know, sometimes their offer is great, and I tell my clients to take it, and there's times where we crush it, and I make a big deal about it. So, cool. Okay. Do either of you farm? And if so, do you ever send either the EOS or the letter of the heart to your farm? So we both farm, and the answer to that is sometimes. If appropriate, the goal is within our farm is I really try to um, utilize that as if we have sales and leverage those as much as we can. But let's say if, you know, it might have been dry for a little while and we haven't done anything, then I'll go to the stain power pieces, right? Like the, um, the, the schedules, the weights and measures, those types of things on the off times. Um, but if you're doing transactions in there, like you got to put it in their face, yep. right? Like that's huge. Yeah. So, I mean... It- like, if it's a neighborhood that I farm, if someone in there is on my EOS list, they will get both. But I don't, you know, I, it's, again, hard to tell who's on what. Um, but usually evidence that farming is, is, again, that's something monthly. We have four different neighborhoods that we hit monthly with our farming. And it's a whole different look. So they wouldn't, it's not, they're never going to get the same piece of mail because the farming is a totally different, it's kind of more of a market update, what's selling in their, in their neighborhood. It almost looks like, we make it look like we almost sell everything. Um, I know Jim is, is uh, here, obviously, uh, listening to it, but he's really big when he does his farming in EOS. He puts up a gazillion directionals. It looks like he sells every house in the neighborhood, and then he does just listed, just sold, so really just really hammering those neighborhoods and areas. But, so. Greg? Yeah. Um, do you guys have a specific, like, week or day of the month that you're sending the EOS and Little Heart? Do you do it at the same time? Do you do it every couple weeks? and assuming that you send the EOS and the letter of the heart to the same people? The EOS and the letter of the heart, the letter from the heart people get the EOS, but not all the EOS people get the letter from the heart. Correct. Same here. So So first of the month is the goal for the EOS, and then end of the month for the letter for the heart. Letter from the heart. Ours are sent two different times, too. Um, My letter of the heart, again, different group. Everyone's on EOS. Letter of the heart is people that know me, know my family, like I know them more on a personal level because my letter of the heart, and John will talk more about it, it's, it's more personal, right? And I talk about my family, it's just people that would know me and want to hear about my family and what I have going on with my life. The smaller group, smaller list. Yeah, definitely the smaller list. So I think that it's important that those are the people that you can be more vulnerable with. Like, so when they like get an announcement that I'm having a little baby girl, and like five yeah. that like they will be excited for me if i send that to somebody that doesn't know me they're like well that's kind of weird like i don't really care about that <laughs> i don't so, care no. right? so 
that's like, those are the types of things that you want to look at is like, those are the reasons and those people will be impacted and you'll get the fun calls and they'll be excited for you. Like, that's what you really want to go for when you put those people on the list. So, um, I'm the same way. So a lot of the heart, I look at it as it's almost like a social media post, right? Something. And, and you really want to be vulnerable. Like John said, you really want to talk about issues that other people might be having those same issues, what you can relate to, right? For us recently, my daughter is looking at colleges, and obviously we're freaking out. Next year she's going to be going to college. So I kind of like asked everyone for advice. Anyone out there can give me any advice. My first uh, little girl is going to college. Like I need advice and help, so we really talked about that, right? Um, there, I mean, obviously COVID can give you a lot of opportunities to, to, to talk about it, um, anything that, how that impacted you and your family and your life. John talked about it earlier. The letter of the heart is probably the hardest thing. Raise your hand if you're not doing a letter of the heart. I know every one of you are not doing it. Be honest. Raise your hand if you're not doing a letter of the heart, right? Those, those are good, about 15%. I get kind of a shaky hands, like, kind of. So, once a month, out of the gate, will never happen. Don't start with once a month. Same way you're not going to start with 50 on your VIP, all right? Start with doing your first one and apologizing for not sending them and keeping in touch with them. Do one. Make it two a year. Then go quarterly. Every other month. And then if you can get to monthly. I have a lot of people that are, will do it every other month. Mine's quarterly. I'm just, mine is quarterly. I do it quarterly. I do a quarterly letter of the heart. If not, it, mine would be zero. If I tried to do monthly, I would not do one. I do mine quarterly. Do what works for you. All right? But at least have it out Twice a year at minimum. I get more calls. When, when Jeremy asked, what was the most impactful EOS? Literally, the letter of the heart blows every EOS out of the water for me. Mm-hmm. I get more calls, more emails, more texts on my letter of the heart than I ever would on an EOS. Because why? They want to know you at a more personal level. right? When we're talking about relationships, the letter of the heart is more relationship-based. They have success just telling them how great you are. Right? The, the letter of the heart is just more personal. We have a question there and a question here. Yeah. What's the purpose of this $1 off uh, coffee drink? Um, is this only for farming? Is this to, uh, for the clients to keep your info or to help a business? What's, what's, uh, so what's we'll the purpose? So we'll go through that in the farming piece. So we'll get to that here in just a second. There we go. One more up front. So about the letter of the heart and the EOS, uh, I, in terms of letter of the heart going to the farm, I actually was able to get a listing from that because I put all of my past listings back on the marketing so that it goes to the new buyer. And I actually got a listing because the gentleman felt as though he had gotten to know me over the six months or a year, a couple years since they had bought with somebody else mm-hmm. and they weren't loyal to the other agent, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so I actually got a listing from that. And then also in terms of tracking, we ask people, how did you hear about us? And if it happens to be the EOS, the letter of the heart, that's a super simple way to mark and be Correct. able to know, um, track that that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Absolutely. Oh, we got one more question. Then we're going to do some table work. How many, two more questions? All right. Three. All right. So, so Phil, what, the biggest challenge I have is coming up with the subjects for the letter of the heart. So yep. what do you guys do? What do you and John do? to come up with, like, what is it going to be? Is there, you have somebody on your staff throwing some ideas to you? What is it? It's about you, so whatever you have going on in your life at this point, right? So my most recent one, obviously COVID really threw a wrench, and I coach my son's lacrosse, so threw a wrench in our lacrosse season. My, my wife coaches my daughter's cheerleading. It threw a wrench in that. So I've talked about pretty much having a game plan, 
and being able to change your game plan on the seat, you have to sometimes alter your game plan. So that's kind of what we talked about. Right? That's what I had going on. Like last minute, schedule has to change because of COVID. I mean, literally wearing masks playing lacrosse, how are you going to do that? But we had to do it. How are they going to wear a mask and put a mouthpiece in at the same time? You got some refs yelling about the mask, some refs yelling about the mouthpiece, just talking about those struggles and what we have going on. Um, right now I'm building a house. So I talked about that. The struggles that I know our clients are going through. And I'm like, how oh, I can relate. I know what you're going through. So, um, and just obviously saying I'm going to have more patience with obviously dealing with, with, with all of our clients and just giving you just kind of more care and just knowing that how stressful it is, right? How stressful that move is in, in doing that. So whatever you have going on in your life, just talk about it, right? There was one I talked about. So my son loves fishing, wanted to fish, right? But he loves animals too, right? So he was watching, um, I don't know, this fishing show that he always loved, River Monsters. So he wanted to fish. But he did not want to use live bait because he didn't want to kill the bait because to catch the fish. So I'm like, hey, anyone got any ideas of any, I'm not a fisherman, what bait should I use on Lake Norman, right? That was one of my letters of heart. Whatever it is that someone would laugh about, you guys laughed about it, do that. Like, talk, you can talk to your team about stuff you have and they're like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Let's talk about that. Right? How about you? How do you get your ideas? Yeah. The baby's an easy one. Yeah, that's an easy one. But you only get to use that once. So then I'm like, all right, now I'm out of material again. So it's um, definitely whatever's going on in your world. But this is where, um, and Tim Duncan, I think, just did one of these to where he highlighted um, one of his team members talked about what was going on. Um, I think it might have been you. But it, I think that that's the thing, too, is like people want to know us, but especially when we talk about having seasoned teams. You know, Rick was like, it's three years until like minimum. I've had people that have been on my team for nine years, eight years, seven years, and they're just as, they're an extension of me, and I think the more that you can even get them into the fold, because they'll relate to our clients in different levels, and they see them all the time. They see them at every event. If they call the office, they're talking to them first, right? They'll get more FaceTime with them sometimes than they will with me. So they, if you really get, if you start running out of ideas, have your team help a little bit because they all have really cool, interesting, fun, challenging, unique stories as well. Tim? I just want to share about that. Um, so we just didn't have any topic, and so I, my, one of my teammates, um, our marketing director, she, her dad had passed a year ago, and it was the anniversary. She's like, I'd really like to share something about this. And so she took like two weeks and wrote this letter, um, and she said it was super therapeutic for her. Uh, and so that was the letter of the heart, and it worked out great. I got like... 10 messages, and she got a ton of emails, uh, made her feel great. I think it really helped her process, you know, her dad's passing. And I was kind of concerned because it wasn't coming from me, but I'm trying to push our team more than I am just me. And so them getting to know her, I think, was really cool. So I'd, I'd encourage you guys, if your team wants to do that. That's great. Yeah. I think the more that we focus on other people, like we were talking about today, like focusing on our team and focusing on, you know, their finances and how to get them in better places. Like talk about like getting super gluing your team. Yep. Phil, is it going to be hard for me to like bounce on you? If I've been sent, if like, I just sent a letter from the heart out to our entire team about how I love being here. I was like sharing, being super vulnerable. And then you think I'm going to like leave in a month? No, there's no, no. way. No, right. No. So we got to find these ways to huge. keep our people. So again, talking about layering opportunities, right? So this is another way where you can have a different message, but also bring a bunch of value um, and even create a tighter bond with your team. 
So we do something cool like that. We don't do a letter of the heart. But we do kind of meet the team, and we have like three interesting facts, and we do it on social media, and we and we obviously send it all out to our clients, like, hey, vote which team member you think this is, and then you know we, they take all the votes, and then they're like, it's so and so, and they like tell all about their life. It's actually pretty cool. So they do that. It's not a letter of the heart, but it's kind of like meet our team, more kind of knowing about our team. So. Just curious about the, distri- the distribution list. So you had said 3,500 and 1,800 for your EOS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You said it's a smaller group, but are we talking 500? Are we talking – I mean, how, if you can just share your relative number of how many people you're sending your letter. I'm in the to. 2, 250. I can't even exact the number, exact number right now. I'm like 2, 250. 250? Yeah. Okay. I have like 840. No, so my, so, my, my I, letter yeah. of the heart's tighter. I guess, letter okay, heart. I go deeper, not wider, I guess, yep. is the thing in the story right now. So <laughs> – Last question. Talking about your past clients, your favorite past clients, for people that are still building that database, what are tips that you can give on having the same conversation with clients that you're calling quarterly or just as much, or tips just on building that out in general? Yeah, we're going to you know touch base on calls, so I'm going to bring that back. Um, real quick, some quick uh, – if you got a question on EOS, Letter of the Heart mailing. Letter of the Heart mailing. How do you send it out? Um, I'm sending it right now just to 40 people, mm-hmm. so I hand sign the letter, mm-hmm. and I, my assistant is sending them out Correct. You know, by hand. But if you're sending to 250 or 800, how are you sending those out? You're not hand signing them, right? Mm-mm. I'm not hand signing them. They print them out. I think they print the envelopes. They, they, mean they, they do it right at the office. So they print them out, print the envelopes, and um, I'm not sure if they... I think they stamp them too. I don't know what they do. I don't know. You know what your people do? We do first class stamps, okay. but we, yeah, they're definitely not handwritten. So it doesn't have to be that personal. I, so I only had one person say, it is, your letter is so like, just so deep and so good, but I wish you would just sign it. And I'm like, it's just a lot to sign all those cards. But I think it is impactful if you sign them. How many people sign their, their letter of the heart? Raise your hand. I mean, probably about 20, 20, what's that? Yeah, digitally I sign it, but how many people, like, literally, you're saying you literally sign it. Literally sign it. There's only like five that do it. I think it is impactful. I don't do it. Um, once I started getting north of that 100, I'm like. Uh, just to help with the signing of the letter, what you can do is you can take, like, 25 or 50 and hand trash them. So right on the letter, hey, guys, haven't talked to you in a long time. Give me a call. That way you get incoming calls and you're not calling them. So you can hand trash so many if you're sending out a lot of them. Okay. Yeah, Ooh, that's okay. a great, great idea right there. Yeah, if, that's hey, huge. Quick, quick, quick um, table work. Um, let's get a couple quick minutes. Um, an impactful letter of the heart or an impactful EOS that you've had. You, want, you can pick one or the other. Just go around the table. Um, shortest hair first. Or no hair first. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> back come on back how you have a mic ready raise your hand if you guys have an unbelievable idea that we all can write down any unbelievable eos or letter of the heart nice there's one this way there's one over here they asked me how i do my letter of the heart i actually just look at my phone for photos that kind of you know i can write my letter with because I got, I include two or three photos, and then I told these guys I just shoot a video in Bomb Bomb, what my topic is, and then my assistant writes the letter, 
then I just proof it, and then we send it. And then, like, after we send it, afterwards, like a couple of days later, after we send it, we put on Facebook, too, the exact same letter, and we actually get way more better response on Facebook on top of that. Cool. Photos. Um, hey, I, we did not talk about that. I had photos. I know John has photos. So photos to your letter of the heart. All right. One thing I want to talk about, even us as coaches, we are not perfect. All right. The realtor laws say six letter of the heart. So you need to do six. I'm going to step it up and do one every other month. So it's a minimum of six. All right. It's a minimum of six. We're, I can't imagine if we did everything. I'm doing $123 million and I'm, I'm obviously missing this, all right? I'm going to hit it now because I was corrected. Thank you, Rita. So it just shows you, like, I cannot believe it. Like, if we literally did everything, I think we'd do, like, $300 million, all right? But do as much as you can. Get all the resources to six letter of the hearts, all right? Get one started and do one the following month. Yes? So uh, I did something in uh, the 2016 election when things were pretty contentious, and I sent an EOS, and all it was, well, really letter of the heart, I guess. It was a picture of me from, like, 2004 basically cross-dressing, and it just said, <laughs> all, sometimes we don't need to take ourselves so seriously. And I still, to this day, get, get comments, <laughs> and it, it was awesome. It was I, I'm good. not doing that. Anyone else doing that one? <laughs> I'm in, Alan. I'll do it. <laughs> Any other one? Anything else that's good? On my letter of the heart, I put a column in my spreadsheet that has a PS to every single person I send it to. So if I'm sending a letter of the heart to you, Phil, I'll say, Phil, thank you for being such a great coach. I had a great semester, and hopefully I'll see you soon. I think that's awesome. Great. Super good. So a couple of basic things when you're sending out any type of material, it's important that you have stuff that looks nice. I remember when I first, before, this is pre-core, and probably even when I first started, like some of the stuff I was mailing out was not a good reflection of how we are, right? Grammar, materials, you know, making sure that your database is up to date. Like, there's life-changing events that happen a lot, okay? Make sure that that's reflected in their names on the addresses, right? Like, if somebody splits up or things like that, like, you have to pay attention or else it can get very awkward, okay? Um, but I just remember I would send out just super cheap stuff. It wouldn't look real great. It would never land right. So you got to get with somebody who's making stuff that is that shows how quality you are because everybody in this room is amazing. So you cannot send out subpar material. Very, very important. And you got to have a call to action. you got to make sure that you're asking for some help or, like, if you know somebody in your neighborhood that's looking to sell, right? you got to, like, if it's just a really cool letter and it looks great but there's no sauce, then, like, it's going straight into the trash, right? And, like, I wanted to, like, at least, like, think about calling me before it goes into the trash. So, because you know it's going to go there, but you got to, you're spending all this time and energy to do this. So remember, it's still, we're looking for opportunities to be able to help more people. So don't miss out on the small stuff. Sometimes we just think that that's normal and we should know to do that, but sometimes we don't. So just make sure that you're looking for those types of things. So if you guys turn to page 170, one of my EOS is in there and it has a call to action on there. So mm -hmm. just make sure, turn to 170. Um, obviously just make sure you have your call to action in there. It has a testimonial there on the back so you guys can see an example. Um, next, we're going to talk about farming. Um, so if we could turn to page 176 and 177. All right. 
That's, a, that's what a farming piece um, looks like. So we're going to talk quickly about farming. So the way I select my, I have four neighborhoods. Just start with one neighborhood. When you're going to talk about farming, just start with one at a time. Um, for me, it needs to be between three to 600 homes, maybe three to 700 homes. So nothing too small, nothing um, too big. You want to make sure that, you know, 30 to 50 homes are turning over in that neighborhood. There's actually activity selling. You know, make sure it's not dominated just by one agent. All right. If it's a neighborhood that's already dominated, it's hard to get in. Farming will take some time. These people don't know you. Right. They don't know you from anyone. Some of them might know you. Um, but it's going to take some time. All right. You need to look like the expert in there. If you look at the page in there, I, I list all the sales that are in there. It almost makes it look like I'm selling them. Make sure you obviously have the disclaimer in there per your MLS, right, that they are from other people. Um, but you make it look like you're the expert. Excerpt. So if I have in that same farming neighborhood, I have four neighborhoods, all right, that I have. Anytime I list one, I send out a just listed. Anytime I sell one, I send out a just sold. So I'm really hammering that neighborhood. All right, so I've picked four. Make sure it's a price point you want to sell in, too. All right, if you live in a really nice neighborhood, start with your neighborhood. Right, start with your neighborhood. So start with just one. It took me about, I don't know, six to nine months before I saw traction in farming. All right, so it does take some time. It doesn't go from automatically getting listings on your first one. Anything you do different on farming? Yep, so a couple things on farming is, one, don't give up. I think a lot of us, we get like, man, I'm not getting any traction, and then you stop. And then you're like, man, I should probably start doing this again, and then you get it going again. Just be consistent. Do it every single month. And just keep it going. But the biggest thing is you got to try to layer over the top of the mailing. I farm in my neighborhood. It's the best way to increase your price point. Move to a more expensive neighborhood and start meeting your neighbors. It's so simple. You have to do it, right? Rita challenged me that for years. Like, get to a better place. Get out of there, right? Like, you got to get out of your regular zone. Before I was in the core, I was, I was spending so much money on mail. It was ridiculous. And I was mailing to, like, these super cheap neighborhoods because of the turnover. I'm like, well, there's no, the agents is dominating. There's all these turnover, but it was, like, 30% below the average median price in our market. So I'm like, it was silly, so now I just do it to my neighborhood. It's smaller, but all the homes are much more expensive. It's right where I live. How great is it when you can just go to a listing appointment right before you go home? And it's like two minutes from your house. Added, added bonus right there. Right? <laughs> like, so do it close to your house. Do it in your neighborhood. And talk to your local business owners. So there's a question about the cars and coffee event. So I mail to my neighborhood. I'm on the board. It's like a volunteer neighborhood association board. Um, I know all the business owners, so I support them. The guy who has that coffee shop is actually a local builder, so we help him sell his houses, and so I help support his business. Um, and so we just add, I'm sending the mail out anyway. I'm like, hey, do you want me to do some free advertising and put like a dollar off a cup of coffee and stick it on the back? And of course, because they want to get more action and activity. But then people start to know you more. I did a, a pumpkin event for um, our last event, and we had like 200 leftover pumpkins. I'm like, what am I going to do with all these pumpkins? <laughs> so I called my guy at the coffee shop, and I said, hey, is it cool if I drop off all these pumpkins, and I put them in the driveway, and I just put up my A-boards, and I just say, courtesy of, and they can just take them for free? And he said, absolutely. There's like 200 pumpkins that were gone in like two days. I get like all these people, they're taking pictures, like selfies, and saying thanks. And um, for him, it's a huge win, because it's like free. You know, pumpkins aren't cheap these days, either. It's like, holy Toledos. So it was like $500 worth of pumpkins. <laughs> like, so... For him, it's a big value, and so you have to find these ways 
to overlap and don't just send the mail. Because yes, that will work, but if you can find other ways to make the mail more impactful with you getting involved in it, this is going to be way better. Way better. Yeah. Go. If you're looking at my farming piece, it does, again, have a call to action on it, which John talked about earlier. Um, and it has, has testimonial on there. It's like obviously less space, so a little bit smaller, but I still put those on there, all right? Testimonial, um, call to action. Any questions around farming before we go to calls? Got two here, here and here, here. Class is called Call Mail Visit, and so I'm just curious, um, door knocking or any other things that, John, you talked about it a little bit, but I'm just curious, Phil, in terms of how are you visiting if you are, you've got four neighborhoods, so how are you making yourself visible there besides yep. just mailing to them? So I, I don't visit the neighborhoods we farm in. Um, the only time I'll visit a house if someone's like, hey, so-and-so is thinking about selling and I can't get a hold of them, I'll go to the house. Um, but I don't, I mean, I don't do that. I mean, we're doing open houses. I know my team will sometimes go to the neighbors around there um, and just let them know the open house is coming up. Um, but my more, when I talk about visits and visiting my database, um, I visit builder models. Like that's my, that's my visit route is visiting builder models when you talk about visit. So that's one of the things that I do is my database of builders. I go visit their models just to know what they have going on. Obviously, I'm searching for listings when they have clients who come into their models that have a home to sell. So obviously, we're coming in there, bringing them you know, cheesy gifts, seeing them um, just on a regular basis. Got away from it some with COVID because they didn't want anyone to come in there with a point without having an appointment. Um, some of them are still like that. Um, some of them are still not even in the office. So it's kind of the visit part has been very difficult for me because um, that's it kind of took away. I don't know, John, about you. Yeah, so the visit part for us, and I think it would be visit and visible. Like, that's the way I like to look at it on my farm. So every time I'm walking around my neighborhood, like, I'm wearing my gear. Like, I'm walking my dog, I'm wearing my gear. I'm going to the store, I'm wearing my gear. So people, they're like, oh, like, that looks familiar. Oh, his face looks familiar, too. So any anything, like, me and my wife are out walking together. We're both, I'm like, wear your jacket. Like, it's cool. Let's go walk around, right? Yeah. And we have this really, we have this trail that goes up and down. We see people all the time. So that's the biggest part is, again, like layering it on. I'm walking around anyway. So, and I don't like to wear a name tag, but I, I'm pretty, I like wearing my jacket with my name on it. So I, I like Alan's way to visit. I'm coaching Alan right now, and he gets a ton from his country club. That he visits the country club. How many days a week do you visit your country club? <laughs> Too many. There you go. But, but he, I mean, I was like, because I saw it, I saw it on his, um, Profit and loss, how much he's spending. I'm like, what? How expensive it is? And he told me how much he nets from the country club. I'm like, keep doing, keep, keep writing that check. You're good. You're good. You're good. I asked him, I'm like, I suck at golf. Should I join a country club? Will it be okay? He's like, he's like, it's fine long as you're fast. Just pick up your ball and go. I was like, all right, maybe I'll do it. <laughs> um, but that's his visit. So find something and be visible. I think I, I love the word that John said. Just be visible in your community, in your area. Um, I think it's going to be difficult for us to go knock on doors and just be, or if you have, I know some people will do like a community neighborhood thing, whether it's a mm-hmm. pumpkin patch thing or something like in that exact neighborhood. So just be visible in your neighborhood. I know Diane does door knocking, right? Did you still do it? I know you used to. Is it still so prevalent? So um, it, I think it just depends on your market. I think just being somewhat visible, whatever that may be. But me on visits on my routes, my Friday is builder visit day and I'll go. So I make phone calls now because Hey, are you going to be in the model? Because sometimes I'll drive like 30 minutes and nobody's there. So I want to make sure that somebody's going to be there. If not, they're even just excited that I, when we were talking about call-in visit, I made the phone call to them and told them I was thinking about them and was going to stop by. Um, Darren's got a question. 
I noticed you and a lot of the coaches said they use just listed, just sold cards. Do you guys actually track the return? Because I feel like I've done that in the past. And I, I've never, I don't know that I've ever gotten a call from that, but I've not done it in mass. Are you guys really just doing that as part of like the layers that John was talking about? You're just trying to pepper people. Yeah, just trying to pepper it, I think, with, with the neighborhood. And like, you know, we'll always ask and they'll say they got a mailing. So I don't know if it was a just listed, if it was just sold, or if it was the farming. Now, there's times, I mean, and literally, I will pull up to the listing, go into the listing. And some of these people save every one of them. And they more save the, uh, the um, farming piece because they're looking at numbers to see what's sold in their neighborhood. The just listed, just sold, I think that those ones kind of just go. Um, I would for sure do the farming piece if you can add the just listed and just sold. It's just one more thing to be more visible like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So It's hard to track it. Again, it's just hard to... I found a company that does a QR code, and you could measure who's actually looking at the QR code, so you can call them and add them to your database. So does the QR code give them, like, the value? What's the QR code give them? QR code goes to um, the value. It gives all the information about the house, and it turns around and gives you their phone number and their email so that you can contact them and let them know that you know that they were inquiring about that property. Is that a company that does that? It's called Agent Dominator. Agent Dominator. Agent Dominator. So. They will not modify their um, postcards. They are just listed and just po- sold. Um, I've gotten three listings from them. Their quality of the picture is not that great, but they've got some great call to actions. And there is a QR code in the back of it. So they do the EOS or, or the farming piece for they you They do too? the farming piece for you all. You, once you list a home or you sell a home, you pop the picture into their little website and it sends it out for you. It has it already marketed. You get to say if you went 50000 over appraised value or if you sold it in a few hours. You could put what you want in it, but you can't modify their postcard. And okay. they've got the QR code on the bottom. I'm telling you, I've gotten listings from it. Cool. All right, one more question here, and then we're going to talk about calling. Uh, real quick, so uh, I live in a neighborhood. Uh, I'm from Austin, and basically my neighborhood I live in, there is easily like, 12 agents that like to try to dominate this neighborhood. How would you recommend, I would love to get in there with farming because I've done some farming, but the thing about it is, do I really want to go in a neighborhood where there's so many vultures just spending whatever on that particular neighborhood? I, I go back to, again, if there's someone dominating, whether it's one person or a bunch of people, it's going to be very difficult to get in there. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, John says keep trying, but I think it's going to, I would rather pick a neighborhood that seems like it has, you know, a bunch of random different agents. But if it's 12, unless it's, I mean, is it a big neighborhood? Is it a pretty big neighborhood? Yeah, it's, it's uh, close to downtown, like right across the river from downtown yeah. Austin, and it's yep. just price points and bulldozing houses, so everyone's on it like a hawk. Yeah. It's so, like everything's selling 30%, 40% overpriced in your market? It, it, I mean? It's crazy. And so <laughs> I would love to farm it, but the, the problem is is that there's some commission cutting going on and everything yeah. just to get the sound I, of the I, My recommendation is stay away from those neighborhoods. Find the neighborhood that's not eaten up by just one agent. I, I don't know. I've seen more random, just different agents like nowadays with, you know, listings being so light. So, um, good. All good questions. We're going to go into calls. Obviously, the way we make our phone calls is do our theme days. Um, our theme days um, should be here in the book, but obviously we all know our theme days. I'm sure there's certain theme days that we all struggle with. Um, but we're going to start. John's going to start with VIPs. And we're going to talk about VIPs, calling VIPs on Monday. Yeah, so the biggest thing, let's start real quick, the list, right? you got to know who you're going to call. And I think all of us, as we start, that's the biggest challenge is who do I call and what do I say, right? So 
the biggest thing for me is, again, like farming, I love farming in my neighborhood because it's close. So the one thing when you're creating your list, especially your VIP list, your business professional list, you got to start trying to work with people that are close to you. Okay? Don't go like 10 miles away or 20 miles away to build a relationship with somebody. This is going to be very, very hard because what's going to happen is they're going to really like you, and now you're going to have to go there a lot. So <laughs> you gotta, we got to be very – our time. We, don't, we don't only have so much time, right? So we get to control the path that we're going. So with this list, find people that you are passionate to talk to. Okay? So Frisco, you've got to call people that you like to talk to. Okay? That's the very important. So for me, I love to talk to estate planning and probate attorneys. Like, it's my favorite thing. Like, I can gel with them. Like, they're super smart. They're business-orientated. They don't have a lot of time for me, but they know that I'm valuable. Because I can give, I can be a really good extension of them. So for me, it's just all the time. Like, it's just so easy to call. And now I'm, like, friends with all these guys and gals. And you get these referrals, and it's just so easy to call and talk to them. I don't... We talk about calling all the time, and I think when I first came, I'm like, man, I, gotta, I, I came here because I thought I didn't have to like cold call anymore. Well, you're always going to be calling people, and sometimes it's cold, and you don't know them yet, but there's 90% of the calls that I make are to people that I know now. So at first, it is a little cold, but over time, you start to build relationships, and it's no longer cold anymore. Like everybody you call, it's usually pretty fun. Because you're not stressed. You can just be you. You can have a conversation, right? You can bring them value. And that's where you have to realize when you're building these lists, like don't start networking with people you don't want to work with. I'm just going to say it. I know that a lot of you want to work with divorce attorneys. Please don't. Okay? (laughs) And you can. I'm not saying don't do it. But I think that if before there's a much... We're here to create win-wins, and we're here to have a good time, and we're here to not have stress. And just for me, I did a really good job, and I got a handful of them, and I got a lot of referrals, and oh my gosh, were my shoulders heavy with the burden (laughs) from the other parties, right? This is very challenging. And what will happen is you get the same type of relationship with the probate attorneys, but you're bringing tons of value. You're coming in in a point of pain, but you're able to create solutions and they're super, super excited at the end. And they want to work with you. Because here's the thing that we forget, is when those attorneys are referring us, they don't have a trusted professional. So you might be working with the executor of the estate, and they don't have a realtor. So not only do you get to help them here, but you knocked it out of the park, and now you can help them with everything else. So again, be smart about who you're talking to, because you will land them, because you are great at what you do but be careful what you wish for, okay? I think everyone has their different niche, and when they're looking at their VIPs, um, I'm the same way. I'm not crazy. I mean, have I done, you know, divorce situations? They always start out great and never end great. But if that's your cup of tea, obviously yours is probate. Mine mine is builders. Like, Mm -hmm. and everyone just finds what, and again, like you said, find what you like in the industry and the people that you like, and those are the majority of your VIPs. Right, but just make sure you're calling them. Call 12, obviously, every Monday. Um, and just rotate through that list. Just make your calls. Um, next, we're going to go to Tuesday, status update calls. All right? So I make my status update calls. All right? Some people are like, you make all those calls. I make my status update calls. Um, the reason why I can get through them is this. All right? We close a lot of transactions. We're going to close up almost 300 transactions this year. My team makes their status update calls on Monday. 
I make mine on Tuesday. So literally all the problems are solved on Monday, and usually over the weekend is when they want to hear from us. So when I call on Tuesday, it's really easy. I can just ask how the team is taking care of them, and then I can ask for a CCR. Right, so it makes my job easy. So your team has to be involved in this too, but you still have to make the calls. Your team cannot be the only one making these calls. All right, you have to make your status update calls. They're clients that are in the process. All right, they know you. They love you. Your, your team's given them an amazing experience. They took care of everything for them. You've got to reach out to them. You have to reach out to them. All right. Um, anything else on your status update calls? Yeah, so we're a little different. Like that is, I think that, that's a great way to do it. Uh, for me, we do it a little bit different. So I still make the calls on Tuesdays, but the way that it works is um, either my listing manager or my transaction coordinator will send the email that goes to the client. And then after that email is deployed, it's kind of my update too. And then I call them and then we go through it together to see if they have questions, concerns, things like that. But I can talk educatedly about it because for me, it's sometimes like my team is a little bit more scared about telling them what they need to hear not what they want to hear. So, you know, sometimes those Tuesday status calls are not real pleasant, right? They, they, you got to have, like, a real conversation, especially if you've been on the market for a little while, especially in a market like this. So you got to give some feedback. Or if you haven't had any showings, like, or you haven't had enough showings or you don't have an offer, and the first interaction is with my listing manager, and the client says, well, why didn't we get any offers over the weekend? She's like... I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, right? She's going to freak out. And I can, I can take that and I can move it the right direction. She doesn't have that skill, right? Like, I'm, that's still a doctor activity for me. So that's really important. However, you need to give them the opportunity to build rapport. So they get to call for the fun Friday check-in call. So all they get to do on Fridays is they call and reach out. Like, are you excited for the weekend? What do you got planned? Do you have any questions about your transaction? So I can help get that answered for you so you don't go into the weekend with any concerns at all. And that's where they get the opportunity to build a rapport, talk about the fun stuff, see if they can help close some circles for them, and that's where they get the opportunity to ask for the referrals. And then it eliminates your calls on the weekends because they already called and talked to them, so you're going to get less calls because you're getting ahead of it. The biggest thing, and the one thing has been like our mantra, is if the client has called us and we know the answer, we have lost. That should never happen. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you work every day, and this is how you talk to your team, is when you know something, you need to get it to them as fast as possible. Proactive. The, you got to be proactive. Because if they call and they're like, hey, is our appraisal in? And it came in like even five hours ago. They're like, oh, yeah. We got that yesterday. Like, whoa, <laughs> what? Like, you can't do that. So you've got to let them know the information super, super fast. Um, and let them deliver some of the fun news too, right? Like let them know their appraisals in a value with no work orders, right? Like we're almost there. We're so close. You know, let them do some of those celebration calls as well because a lot of the times, you know, we've asked a little bit, maybe sometimes more than we should. Sometimes if somebody else is asking for some help, you'll get some better reception. So, Tim? Oh, for your Tuesday after your calls, Phil, since your team's doing all the work on Monday, are these literally like 30-second questions? Like, Hey, is my team taking care of you? Great. Do you know anyone that wants to buy or sell? Great. Yeah, they're typically quick. I mean, same thing when John talks about, like, I'll either be in my CRM or they'll print out CRM notes so I know what was going on just last. So I might talk about exactly what just happened. They just negotiated repairs, home inspection, whatever that might be. But they're pretty quick phone calls, you know, and if not, it's, a, it's a, again, pretty detailed message. Just want to check in, want to make sure my team's taking care of you. If I can help you with anything, anything else, just reach out to me. 
to that. And my team knows. So I, when we talk about calling lists, I literally call it from top to bottom. If somebody calls back at the office, my team's not calling to interrupt me. They're saying, hey, he's making calls. Do you, do you need anything? Is he, you know, we're all good. Or yes, I'd love to talk to Phil. They will wait so I make all my status update calls. Then I'll call the people back. That's the same with my VIP calls. I want to get through. If I, don't, if I get distracted and get in the middle of the list, I just need to stay focused on making calls top to bottom. Last question. Um, how long do you block out on Tuesdays for your status update calls if they're that quick? And yep. if you finish them that quickly, are you moving on to Wednesdays? Or? Yep. No, because of the amount of people that we're calling, it's still, it's still about an hour and a half. So about an hour and a half in my schedule. Hi. Hello, again. Um, so <laughs> little, little specific uh, question, like if I was teaching this to realtors, for example, like do you literally, um, how do you prepare for your Tuesday updates? Like is there an Excel sheet that you get? You mentioned notes and stuff. Like is there an actual pipeline review in the morning uh, with the team or if they don't have the team, just them reviewing where everyone's at milestone-wise to prepare for the calls? And then part two is what does – a actual like role playing call sound like like do you follow a specific like I cover these three things and set the stage up front that every Tuesday you're going to get a call from me or I'm going to go over these three items like do you guys do that like how, how do you implement that for both a buyer and a seller what does that sound like you want to go first or you go? sure oh, okay that was a lot so number <laughs> one is um, there was two questions there the first one the preparation so we do a pipeline meeting every Tuesday so it's a little bit longer and we go through every deal real fast. More of like, is anything on fire or is everything on track? So at least I got a little bit of a game plan. Like if something is really challenging that's coming up, like how do I strategize a little bit even before the email goes out? So we do the pipeline meeting Tuesday because it just makes sense. That's when we do our status updates. My team though preps those emails, like a lot of that stuff, like on Mondays. So then they just put the final touches on it and deploy. The goal is to have them all out before 11 a.m. so I can make my calls by then. So I can at least get on the phone it's an hour before lunch. Um, when I'm prepping, so I use the Tuesday updates in all of our appointments. Like it's a sales tactic. Like it, when it, I, we're trying to impress people mm-hmm. and I'm like, here's an example of what you're going to get every week. Like if you're selling your house, like this is all the stuff that we track. This is what we do. This is the process because I don't want to come to you on a week, like every week and say, Hey, we don't have an offer. Like let's just reduce the price. Well, that's maybe not. That might not be the issue, right? There's all sorts of other things, but if you don't have any information to go through with them, then you don't know what you don't know. So then you just got to ask them to do stuff, right. and that might not be received real well. So for, for us, I use it, I show it to them, and the same thing is so we go, hey, you know, up front, you're going to get Krista. She's the listing manager. Like, she's there to dot the I's, cross the T's. Like, she's a nurse practitioner. After that, the handoff goes to our closing team. They're going to take it all the way to the end. They're not going to skip a, skip a beat. Your update's going to look different now. It's going to look like this, right? And in our Tuesday updates, it's all the milestones. So all the questions that they ask, like, was I supposed to leave the refrigerator? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's in your update. So, but it's in your update. So all the appliances that are saying, because you know you've had it before when your client took the washer and dryer, right? <laughs> and, you, and they're like, why? Like, what? And you're like, man, we talked about it. So at least then you've done your duty, Okay. So closing dates, earnest money, inspection timeframes, so they can go back and look at that. And the one thing that we're adding into that process is a very just like basic timeline map that just shows pictures. It's like 12 steps of like where you're at. We're just going to highlight like through the process to just kind of make it a little bit more fun and visual. So, yeah.
Cool. Phil? Yeah, so um, actually, real quick, that you, uh, you talked about that. Me and Jay Brown were talking about this. He ran into a few problems with people taking curtain rods and not patching holes. Those are the things you want to talk about right before closing, what to expect throughout those processes. So every step along the way. So preparation, um, they just they just kind of brief me on any issues, problems, um, anything. You know, if someone had a CCR that we had to work on trying to get, um, really, we don't do a full pipeline, but just anything kind of high level. Um, our CRM has obviously all their name, phone number, and the last notes in there. So it's either on the screen if I'm at the office, if I'm in the car, it'll be printed for me. So I know exactly what it is. Um, so depends on where in the status or how that call is. I mean, there's some new construction, literally. We've been calling them for a year, nothing going on. I mean, so, some, I mean, so it's case by case of what's going on. Usually we'll see it, um, what the note is. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and the one thing, too, because we have that same issue with the new construction, it just takes forever. So sometimes, especially for really early in the process, we just set the stage and then we go to biweekly updates for those. Because if they're like a, a year out, like, same thing again, same thing again. And then sort of like, hey, is it cool? If, if, but if they want to talk every week, we absolutely will. But if it's a year long, sometimes we'll just give them a little bit of breathing room because we're going to be talking right. to them forever. So Cool. All right, we're, we're going to talk about hot leads. So I call leads every day. I think you have to call leads every day, especially nowadays. The first thing I do is I look in the MLS and see what listings popped up. Can I put any of my buyers in there? Is there someone that's looking to sell that would buy this home that I can get a listing and a buy? So I look at I look at listings every day. We're calling leads every day. Right, if it's a fresh new lead, I'm calling it today. I'm not waiting until Wednesday. Right? The ones I'm calling for sure on Wednesday are the old leads that I haven't been in touch with, that it's just Wednesday's my day, just kind of a cleanup on leads. But I call leads every day. Every day there's time block that I'm calling leads. All right, but those leads that I call on Wednesday... I mean, we use Boomtown, so I just go through all of my leads. I set my to-do for Wednesday, and I call through all of my leads on Wednesday. But leads I'm calling every day um, throughout the process, right? So how do I call you? We call Me or my team call you every time a house pops up that meets your needs? There you go. So it pops up. I'm trying to sell, tell how to buy a house. Everyone today, talk to how and tell him to just step up and buy a house. All right? <laughs> um. <laughs> so a couple things on the leads, like... Not all of us have, like, Boomtown and fancy platforms, right? So, and especially if you're just getting started, the, the one thing that I found the easiest way to do it is calendar your lead follow-up. So, when you first get the lead and you're doing the first follow-up, put it in as an appointment and it's blocked into your Wednesday call bank. So, if I look at my power hour calls on Wednesdays, there's, like, 15 appointments next to each Wednesday because I just click the button and it actually, the lead pops up. And then if I get them, then I can make a note and then I can do whatever I need to do. Or if I don't get them, then I just move it to the next week or whenever I feel it's appropriate to bug them again or call them again. Um, but the challenge is that we do really, really good with writing down on our lead trackers and all that stuff. But the challenge is like what happens when there's somebody that you talked to two years ago that you knew was going to do something, but they're buried in your, in your lead tracker and you just forgot because you got busy because you're just looking at all the stuff that's in your face right now. If you calendar it a year from now, it'll show up and then you call them. And remember, whatever they tell you, if it's a year, you call them in six months. If it's six months, you call them in three months. If it's three weeks, you call them in three days. Right, so the sh- that you have to make sure that you're getting to them quickly, but that's what happens is all the gold is in the follow up. 
Like, we're, we're, we're really, really good, but the thing with selling houses is that most of the time people aren't ready to do something, like, right now. It will happen sometimes, but a lot of our clients that we get to work with, I've closed deals that, man, I've been following up people for five years. And, you just, and it doesn't take a ton of time, but I just call and follow up. And it's like a 30-second call or, you know, quick connection or even a voicemail, and I don't get them. There's people that I've left voicemails for. Until they tell me not to call them, I'm leaving voicemails. I'm doing everything until you tell me no. So you just have to keep on people because they might not respond to you, but they're listening and they're looking. So you're in their ear. So just make sure you're consistent. And any follow-up that's long-term, just put them on Wednesdays. So... Make sure that all the hot leads you call every day, obviously, no matter what, you got to call those. But any follow-up long-term lead, just schedule them in your power hour block on Wednesday. Cool. Um, talk real quick on calling previous clients, and then we're going to open up the Q&A um, on anything that we covered, all right? So calling previous clients, it's Thursday, call letter of the week, all right? Pull the list, call it from top to bottom. Don't pick the, the one that's really cool to talk to that's at the bottom or the middle of the list. I know everybody does that. Call it from the top to the bottom. That's the only way you're going to get through it. Call your letter of the week. Forward conversation. Family, occupation, recreation, dreams. All right? This is the easiest call. All right? There's none of my previous clients that have ever told me, stop calling me. Any of you guys have had that? Stop, say, stop calling me. One, two. All right? All right? <laughs> there's not many there's not many most of them are like oh my god i can't believe that you're calling me this is great um so reach out to them don't just reach out when obviously you obviously need wondering if they're going to be selling their house right but it's a great time to have the great forward conversation and it is time to ask and program for referrals all right so you're calling them twice a year if you get through your alphabet twice a year so make those calls on thursdays they're super easy phone calls just call all of them um anything before we go to q a on calling your previous clients yeah so the best thing about calling your clients and i'm not the best at the ford conversations but i am really good at inviting people to parties so like if you just got to throw parties to get you to call your clients and interact like i don't care what you got to do trick yourself into making it happen but do whatever you're doing just make it so you just it's so silly like you don't even have to know what you're going to say once you start talking, we just figure it out. But you just have to put in the reps, and you got to make it happen. We always, like, get in between our ears too much and think that they don't want to talk to us or whatever. And all the time, they're like, holy smokes, like, I can't believe it. The worst calls ever that I get, and I'm sure you've got, like, maybe one or two of these in your career, is the call where your past client calls you. This is, like, the dagger. And they're like, hey, Tim, it's John. Remember me? And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, of course, like, how, like, you're, at, oh my, I am terrible at my job. Like, how do you, like, why are you asking me that question? Um, obviously, because I've done a poor job of following up. So you got to make sure that it, they want to talk to you. Um, so just do it and do it consistently. So. All right, we're going to end with questions on anything on mailing, calling, visiting. And the scan. We got a scan. We got six minutes. Yeah, cool. Thanks, guys, for all the great information. Um, two quick questions. On the EOS, uh, how often do you guys go through and audit who you're sending them to? Is it monthly? Is it once a year? How does, how does that portion look? And then do you have, like, a actual calendared um, for the EOS specifically? Like, we're sending out just listeds here, then it's going to switch to just sold. Is it regimented like that? Ours is. So we absolutely have a um, calendar of what we're going to do. Um, so we have a game plan. 
The best thing to do, it does cost a little bit of money, but we usually do it every other year, is we'll send one first-class mail. Because if you get first-class mail, then you get the kickbacks. So that's the biggest part, because it is really hard to go through every single person. Yep. And it, it's, you'll spend, your administrative staff will spend all day, like, is this still their right address? <laughs> like, yeah. that you get, like, for 3,500 people, yep. like, there's no way. So the first-class mail piece, whatever comes back, then you can go through and identify a little bit and, um, you know, work that angle if needed. We do the exact same thing. Yeah, okay. Yep. Friday calls. All right, so um, for me, that's my builder visits, my builder calls. So to me, I'm always looking to meet new builders. Um, or if it's someone uh, that I had a business relationship with that I'm trying to rekindle a relationship or just somebody new that I'm looking to meet. All right, so I use LinkedIn a lot too. So find out if there's someone I really want to meet and I know someone. I, I don't like straight up cold calls, but if I know... Um, you know, so-and-so is linked to Jim. I might say, hey, Jim, how do you know so-and-so? Do you mind introducing me to them? Or do you mind if I use your name if I call them? And that'll be my call. So I use LinkedIn. Um, builder reps is my biggest call. And I want to meet new builder reps. That's the majority of my business uh, from my VIP. So I'm always looking to meet new builder reps. How about you? What do you, what do you call it on Friday? Yeah, so Friday calls for me, um, more estate planning attorneys, and then my VIP bench. So there's lots of people that I have that I would love to make a really big impactful impression on. So I have my top 50 that I call, but I, I, I just call it my bench and I have about 60 people on the bench. And so for me, if I don't have a bunch of new people, it's like I'll go back to those people that I've been like in and out of relationship with over the years. Um, Cause for me too, I also want the opportunity to actually talk to somebody. So, you know, if there's already something there or if there's a connection um, or if like I get an introduction from another business professional, then if I can, if I can schedule a call, like schedule a call in the times you're supposed to call the people, right? Um, so then you can, you know, make sure that you're just getting dialed in with what you're supposed to do. Yeah, this question is for Phil. So I was surprised to hear that you only send your letter of the heart to 250 people. Like, who are those 250 people? So again, they're tight people that are they're either previous clients, some of them are builders, some of them are just friends that have not, there's pretty much the people that just know me super tight. Like when he talks about like my EOS is a lot bigger than his and my letter of the heart's a little tighter. So, for the builder reps, what conversations are you having besides Ford? So my my builder reps, I'm just like usually I'm calling them on Monday. If I call them on a Friday, hey, how, you've been selling any houses? I mean, pretty much most of their struggles right now is they don't have any inventory to sell either, or there's a bunch of different delays. Um, but I'm obviously trying to find out if they have anyone that came in their model that has a home to sell. Like I'm trying to get not that listing, but. Um, we do a lot of production builders, um, so they have that home to sell. Especially nowadays, my conversations around Zillow. Like, hey, Zillow's not buying houses anymore. I know you're referring some stuff to Zillow. I can take care of them. So, Thank you. Uh, yep, great question. Michael. Yeah, um, with, as far as past clients, I know, you, you know that we've talked about top 50 past clients as well. And I know on old uh, call days, those would be on Thursday and then, mm -hmm. go, then go to the alphabet. Yep. Do you touch your top 50 uh, past clients? You know, do you do that once a month, similar to VIP? I don't. I mean, I have, um, so they're on a different mailing list, but I talk, there's about 400 in that list. So I don't, I mean, they're in that list. I mean, it's not 50. Mine's kind of bigger. It's, it's about 400 that I call through. So. Yeah, Phil, what is your specific pitch to your builders? I know, like, Dayton does a move-up program. I've, you know, got a lot of builders in my area, and I'm kind of tapping into that, um, What's your go-to 
sort of pitches for them. Yeah, mine's very similar to Dayton's, where I do the move up or guarantee buy that we're gonna get it, we're gonna get it done for them. We've never let them down, so same same kind of thing Dayton does. Very similar. This is for both of you. So in our market, it can take months before you can find the house that somebody wants. So I'd like to know what you say on those update calls to keep them interested in working with you when you can't produce the house they want. You want to go first? So the biggest thing is you got to stay top of mind. So the challenge is it's not necessarily what you say. It's that you're staying in touch. So I don't think you have to be creative. You just have to let them know, like, I'm still beating the streets. I'm still doing stuff. I'm still looking out for you. Because the, the thing that will happen is if you just, if you have a bunch of good conversations and then you stop following up a bunch, they're going to trip and fall and find somebody. So you just have to be engaged with them. And you might not want to talk about real estate. You might talk about other stuff. Or if you're having an event or get them out to do other things yep. um, as opposed to, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, it's, it's not, you don't have any control yeah. over this. So. I agree. Same thing. Just reach out to them. And sometimes I might say, Hey, you know, there's this house. I know it's above your price range. Have you considered to go higher? Like I know this house, there's this house that doesn't have everything you want. Would you consider it? I know inventory is so low. Would you look outside the area? Like ask those, if there is a listing. So, you know, I'm like, I've been looking, I have not found anything that meets your criteria. I know your criteria, but there's one a little bit outside of it. Are you okay with it? That makes sense. Cool. we got 10 seconds. I know uh, COVID has changed this a lot, but what is the snapshot on, you guys mentioned events on your happy hours and your events throughout the year. How often are those happening now? And what are maybe two or three of the big events that you guys do throughout the year? Real quick, I'm gonna, and we're, we're almost out of time. Um, so I'm back at doing events. We're doing um, happy hours. Um, my big event, we did a uh, minor league baseball event um that we just did recently we did an ice cream social um we're not not doing santa in the movie since it's inside so we're trying to do more outside stuff is what we're looking to do so yeah. i'm doing one um we just got an nhl team so i'm doing one-on-one -on -one hockey games with my vips to just try to really go deep with them because it's something that i love to do and it's like really hot in our town right now so try to find some of those more like intimate type things like i think that would work really well is there a um, yeah so survey? real quick there's a real qr quick. code right back here we need you to scan it, and everyone who voted for John By being the tallest must give us a five. So I got no vote, so everyone must give us a five. <laughs> Thank you guys very, very much. Thank you so much. Phil Puma, the master. You've been listening to the CORE's Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670, or find us on the web at www.thecoretraining.com.